0: Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast that explores the creative and curious world of work through monologues and conversations with artists, creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and changemakers. Have you ever felt the desire to write a book, started writing, only to give up for some reason? Chances are you're like most people. Fortunately, there is a way to get a book out of your head and into the world. Chandler Bolt of Self-Publishing School is today's guest on Getting Work to Work, and he's here to share a few of the methods he uses to write books and create business revenue with them. In this conversation, he introduces the more writing method, why writing is a short-term sacrifice in order to develop a long-term asset, and why you don't need to worry about imposter syndrome. He also explains how he prioritizes his work to get a lot done show notes and links to all the good stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at gwtw.co 608
1: oh man i'm i'm endlessly curious about uh books <laughs> writing books <laughs> publishing books selling books um that seems to be the million dollar question a lot of people ask because a lot of people have struggle with getting their book written but even beyond that once they get it written struggle with okay how do i sell more copies of this book uh, and, and, and make sure that this book makes the impact that I want it to. So that seems to be the things that, that I'm studying all the time and that we're studying all the time at self-publishing school. Yeah,
0: that's cool. What got you interested in books?
1: Yeah, kind of an unlikely thing and person to be interested in books. I mean, my background, I'm a C-level English student in a college dropout with ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of the last person you would ever think to write and publish books. Mm-hmm. But I think really books changed my life. I mean, I I dropped out of school and I decided I need to keep learning like I was still in school, but change the way that I learned. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was when I really started turning to books. And about that time I wrote and published, I also kind of in tandem wrote and published my first couple of books and they just changed my life and and they've changed my business. And it's, I mean, it's just gone on to do so many things um, for me, both as a reader um, and as an author. And so that's what we always say is, you know, books change the lives of readers. Probably everyone listening has had their life changed uh, by reading a book. But then they also, for people who decide to write and publish a book, they change the lives of those people. So, hmm.
0: I love that because normally we get the perspective of the reader and the book changing the reader, reader's life. But I love this approach of writing a book changing your life too. What was it about the process of writing and publishing a book that did that for you?
1: You nailed it. I mean, it, it's the process, right? We always say it's not about the book; it's about who you become in the process of writing and publishing it. And so, I think there's kind of all these skill sets just bundled up into that process, <laughs> right? You learn, yeah. you learn better writing, you learn project management, you learn time management, you learn discipline, you learn work ethic, you learn marketing, you learn project management. I mean, you, you learn how to create a marketable book, a book cover all like the, just all these things about that process and not to mention, I mean, you crystallize ideas that you have. Is, mm-hmm. The book forces you to do that, right? You have to kind of draw a line in the sand and say, okay, what do I truly believe and what am I willing to stand for? Because it's going in written text um, mm-hmm. in this book. And so it, it's kind of becomes that process. And for a lot of people, um, if they have like an online course or if they have other, a business or whatever, it, it forces them to crystallize the frameworks that ultimately they can then use in their business.
0: Mm. It, it's interesting because as you talk about the crystallization of ideas, I, I also have this thought in my mind about the the fear of the blank page, and I wonder if those two are connected somehow.
1: Mm. I I believe. So. I, I mean, I think it's like, I think it's one of the biggest things that authors struggle with is because mm-hmm. you've you got to figure out what to put onto the page, but then once <laughs> you have momentum, it's figuring out, okay, what do I actually what do I actually believe here? Yeah. Um, and how am I going to put this down on the page? So that's why um, I teach a process I call the more writing method, um, and I know there are a lot of creative entrepreneurs um, and and just creatives in general that listen to this podcast, and I think this can help you write a better book, but it also any other type of creation like whether you're writing songs or whether you're mm-hmm. um, writing a, you know giving speeches like there's there, it's, it's it, it, you can use kind of the bones of this process so the more writing method is an acronym it stands for mind map outline rough draft editing mm-hmm. right and so i like to start with a mind map that's a brain dump of all the ideas around the topic of this book mm-hmm. then use that mind map to ultimately like the outcome of that is if you do it well, you can create an outline that becomes kind of a chapter by chapter outline for your book. You Mm -hmm. use that outline to write your rough draft, and then you move into the editing process. And so if people do that process, and even if they just start with a mind map, and you can do that right after you finish listening to this episode is set a timer for 15 minutes and mind map everything you can think of on the Mm -hmm. idea that you have for this book. Well, when people do that, They start to realize that there's a lot more that uh, that they could talk about in this book. And that, for most people, um, at least kind of subsides that dreaded blank page (laughs) syndrome and wanting to just beat your head into the keyboard.
0: Yeah. Oh, interesting. More writing methods. So mind map, outline, rough draft, and edit. Is there one of those steps that people struggle with more than the other? Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, The rough draft. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's, it's the hardest part, I think, in the entire process of writing and publishing a book. And it's it kind of because it's a big leap, right? You know, mind map, you can do that in an hour, maybe 45 minutes, maybe even less. Outline, you can do that in a couple of hours probably, and now you've got a really good outline. And then to go from outline to rough draft, I mean, that's a, as little as a weekend to as much as months. Right. And so that that's really where the rubber meets the road. But a lot of people find the better their outline, the better and faster they they write the book. So Mm -hmm. um, that's where a lot of people get hung up. (laughs) Uh, And and, but I recommend that people take kind of this. I call it uh, the 30 day rough draft challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that process, once you've got your outline, it's two 30 minute writing sessions per day. And then you need to come into that 30 days with a mind map and an outline completed um, with the book. You make daily progress and you screenshot your word count daily and post mm-hmm. a screenshot of that word count. Um, and that's a way that people can, if they choose to, can get a rough draft done in 30 days, which mm. this, is a, this is a rough draft, right? This right. is something that you're <laughs> going to make better. Um, it's called rough for a reason. Um, but <laughs> but uh, that, that's kind of a way to jumpstart the process.
0: Ooh, I love that. And and also what I love about that is there's an accountability piece with sharing those screenshots.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love me some public accountability. I think it's wildly <laughs> effective.
0: <laughs> so I, I, I conceptually understand outlines as most people do, rough edit and then an edit. What is an effective mind map look like?
1: Yeah. So for a mind map, um, you want to think about... And so if you're listening right now, chances are you're, um, I'll kind of lay the framework and then I'll dive into specifically my map. So you're probably in one of three buckets. Either you have an idea, you're not quite sure, or you have way too many ideas. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of people fall in that category. And so mm-hmm. what I recommend is, is uh, narrow down, down on one idea and think about like what's, what's the broken record conversations that you have with clients or prospects. What are the, what's the thing that you're passionate about? The things that, that makes you unique as a creative and then narrow in on, okay, which can I, could I write a draft and I'm most likely to get this draft done and it's going to relate to what I'm trying to create or build, right? Mm -hmm. So that helps you narrow in on one idea. You write that one idea in the middle of a blank sheet of paper, and then you put a timer for 15 minutes. You write out everything that you can think of on that topic. So stories that you have lessons that you've learned, uh, maybe those broken record conversations that you have around that topic, the ideas that you have, like everything that you could think of, books that you've read, um, just to get, and and it's no filter. You just get everything out onto the page to just get ideas flowing. And then from that, you start to bubble up common themes. Those Mm -hmm. common themes will become sections. Those sections, you'll start to order them at the order you want to cover them into a book. Maybe you've got about five themes of ideas, that's five sections, drill down about three chapters per section. Well, now all of a sudden you've got a 15 chapter outline that you can use to write the book.
0: Brilliant. And what's so great about that too is, is, you know, you said it a little bit ago about, you know, this is a no judgment process and yet, you know, judgment can often be built even at the mind map level. How do, you let, how do you help people get past that
1: self-judgment? <laughs> um, I, I think it's helpful for the type A's to know that this is a starting point. Um, <laughs> this is not something that's etched in stone, right? And so the more thorough your mind map, the easier it is to create the outline. Then you, know, you can create an outline, but know that that outline will be somewhat fluid and you need to start writing. The mm-hmm. only way to know whether that, might, whether that outline is good is to start writing. And then you're going to start to see, oh, this thing that I really had slotted for chapter 13, maybe that fits a little bit better in chapter four. Okay, so let me move that a little bit. And that's when this thing, it's kind of like a painting, you know, until you step back from the canvas and see, oh, this is starting to take shape. Mm -hmm. uh, You might not see it, but then even then you step back from the canvas and you say, oh, I need to add a little bit here. I need to add a little bit here. Maybe I need to do some shading here, like that sort of thing. Um, and so it's, it, it continues to evolve as you go through the process.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. I like the connection to painting because you're absolutely right. Unless you take that step back and get perspective, you know, you, you're overly attentive to the wrong detail.
1: Mm, Yeah.
0: I know that there's probably a million answers to this question, but are there any apps, tools, or prompts that you like to use to get the words flowing when you're in a Mm. writing session?
1: Yeah, you know, I really lean on that mind map and outline heavily. Um, and I often will hesitate to give more tips or more resources because I find that, that then people will lean towards that to keep from going towards um, the mind map <laughs> and outline. So I really like those are the fundamentals for me. I will say this, you know, there's a bunch of amazing, this is one of our most popular posts on, our, uh, on the Self Publishing School blog. I mean, this just gets searched and people come to our site like crazy asking what's the best book software book writing software. Um, and we've got a great article on it. We've got a quiz people can take, like all these things. But really at the end of the day, the best software is the one that you already use that you can that you can start writing quickly. So many people, though, they'll use the search of the best book writing software or the best thing <laughs> is they use it as just a, an excuse to not write. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing that you need to do when you're trying to get your draft done is to write. Um, and And so I really lean on that mind map and outline and then write using the tool that you're already using and familiar with and um, just start getting your first words onto the page.
0: Nice. You know, what's interesting too, Chandler, is inevitably when you talk to people and they say, oh, I want to write a book, but... And maybe the response is, I'm, I don't have enough experience or I'm mm, too young yeah. or I'm too old or I don't have a compelling life story or, you know, I have a pretty mediocre experience in life or not mediocre, but just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm common. What do I have to offer that that isn't like built upon seven layers of traumatic experience? <laughs> so, you know, yeah. is there a perfect time in life to, to get writing and to write a book from one's perspective?
1: I mean, I think there's, uh, there's never a perfect time. You know, it, it's kind of like uh, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. The second best <laughs> time is now, you know, it's, it's, I think a lot, it's, it's, it's a common thing that people who want to write a book, which, you know, the New York Times says that's 81% of people surveyed said they wanted to write a book. Wow. Um, we know that less than 1% of people actually do it. Well, mm-hmm. I think most often is because people say, oh, maybe next year or maybe someday, Right, and and they just they convince themselves that there's going to be this perfect time to write the book where they've got no job, no kids, no no responsibilities, <laughs> no business, like no nothing, and a month in a writer's cabin, and that's where, when they're going to write. Well, the bad news and the harsh reality is, for most people, that's never going to happen. Um, right. You're going to have to get started before you're ready, right? And so, so I think it's one of the most powerful things that you can do to make a bigger impact, to um, grow your income, and to grow your business. But it requires short term sacrifice to build a long term asset and and that means starting to write the book um, before you're ready or maybe before you think that you have time to write it
0: yeah ooh
1: interesting
0: so there's so many ideas and competing books out there How do you choose what to write about even if it's i mean I know what you said in the mind map, you write the idea in the center and then start filling in those whatever comes to mind but How do you deal with like comparison syndrome?
1: Mm. Yeah, you know, I was in scouts growing up and I remember being out in the woods. We were on a camping trip and I asked my scout master, I said, hey, are there bears? Like, are there bears here out in these woods? And he said, well, Chandler, yeah, of course there are. That's why we're hanging up our food. um, So (laughs) the bears don't get it. And I said, well, well, hold up. What happens if we see a bear? (laughs) Um, What do I do then? And he said, well, Chandler, if if we see a bear and you, know, you need, and you need to run, good news, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than your friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed and he kind of gave me a wink. And, but but the, why that's applicable, you're like, okay, what does this have to do with writing a book? Well, I think a lot of times we think uh, when it comes to writing a book, what that, how that applies is you don't have to know everything. You just have to know a little bit more than the person that you're teaching. Right, And so a lot of times that imposter syndrome, that's saying, oh, who am I to do this? Right. I'm not an expert. I don't have three letters behind my name. I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm not whoever. Um, but, but I think then we can realize that, you know, I as a reader, I might not relate to Tony Robbins or to an Oprah or to, mm-hmm. you know, some big famous author, but I might relate to you and to your story. And that book might be the only book that I read all year. Mm right? And I think sometimes the best books and the best people that I love to learn from are people who are two steps ahead of me, Mm. right? Because they know that it's it's recent enough that they can say, oh yeah, you need to do this, this, and this. And here's what worked Mm -hmm. for me. Here's what didn't. And it's fresh, right? Right. Whereas if they're 20 steps ahead of me, they probably don't remember a lot of those things. (laughs) And there's less empathy. It was less recent. Maybe that, you know, that's where it's like, oh yeah, I don't know. Ask someone on my team. I don't really deal with that anymore. right or stuff like that. And so I love reading books from people who are two steps ahead of me and and I think that's really encouraging for aspiring authors as well is write the book to the person that you're two steps ahead of. And that mm-hmm. might be the most powerful book and the only book that they read all year.
0: Yeah, oh that's such powerful perspective. And I think too what's interesting is like I I wonder if people that are 20 steps ahead are more apt to use like a a, a partner writer or a ghost writer as opposed to people a couple steps ahead.
1: Yeah, I think I think they are um, and and I think for most people it's a huge mistake. I get asked about this all the time and mm-hmm. you know, um, I would I would do it. If, if I would do it at self-publishing school if if I if I believed in the model because believe me, it'd be uh, I could grow the business way faster if we charged $30,000 or $100,000 or you know whatever people charge to ghostwrite books, but I think mm-hmm. often it, it, you know, it's a gr- it's a good idea in theory. And it can work like for one to 5% of people. If you have often, it's, I mean, if you have someone on your staff, a lot of times that's a content creator that's very familiar with your curriculum or that's very familiar with with how you do what you do, what you do and what you teach and all that, then it can sometimes work. Otherwise, unless you're dropping 30, 50, $100,000 to find a really, really, really good ghostwriter, um, you're probably going to be disappointed. And I think, you know, so many, so often, uh, I have entrepreneur buddies who even go that route and they say, Chandler, like, can guys, can you guys just find me a ghostwriter? Uh, and I'm saying, yeah, no, we, we don't really do that. But, and I tell, I kind of warn them against it and they're determined to do it. And then they come back a year, 18 months from now and they say, all right, well, I tried that. The book sucked. Um, and I realized it wasn't in my voice. And so now I realize I'm going to have to write this myself. And <laughs> um, wow. then, then that's what, I mean, I want to do a little victory lap there and tell them I told you so, but I mean, it doesn't really help <laughs> yeah. at that point, right? They've already wasted a ton of time. And so I'd recommend for a lot of people is save your time um, and write a, greater, uh, write a better book. Now, it's going to be short-term sacrifice. Uh, you know, right. it's, 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 it's not easy, but it is simple if you follow the process that we teach. But it does take time, um, but it'll be one of the best things you ever do. And, and uh, you're creating, like I said, a long-term asset that will continue mm-hmm. to to build, uh, uh, for, for years and years and years.
0: And I like the word that you use. It's about finding your voice too, because I think that's the thing a lot of people struggle with, whether it's a book or a podcast or some other creative project, mm-hmm. having that unique voice shine through can sometimes be what holds people back from creating.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah, it really can be. So why self-publishing? Yeah. Uh, it's a great question. So, you know, it used to be that the only way uh, that, that people bought books was in bookstores, mm-hmm. right? And, and the only way that you got in a bookstore was to have a publishing deal. The only way you could have a publishing deal was to have an agent, like, and, 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 <laughs> right? right? And, and so there's all these gatekeepers, there's all these roadblocks to actually publishing. Well, now I think the stat, it's something like 70% of all books sold are sold yeah. on Amazon wow which is kind of a crazy stat but we we see that you don't need a publisher to publish a book anymore you don't need a publisher to sell books but then there's also things like you know self publishing you make instead of 8 to 12% royalty per book you make 20 to 70% royalty per book mm. you know there's there's all these things and so i mean the long and short of it is i think for 99.9% of authors it makes more sense to self publish mm-hmm. um the only time it makes sense to traditionally publish is if you've got a massive audience and you can get a big advance. <laughs> right. Um, and, and really then and only then does it make sense to traditionally publish. So it's kind of like the saying, you know, they say it's banks only lend money to people who don't need it. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. well publishers only give pub- book deals to people who don't need a book deal. Right? right. And so sometimes it makes sense, um, but, uh, but most of the times it doesn't.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned Amazon and, and immediately I think of like print on demand or Kindle mm-hmm. or audible or, or things like that. Like what are, wh- what really goes into self-publishing?
1: Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of things. I mean, you need to write a great book. Um, and then from there, I always say your self-published books shouldn't look self-published. Right. <laughs> right. So, so, so you, it needs to look like a, a, a traditionally published book. And that means you need a great cover that, that means you need a great editor, um, and you need great formatting. Those are kind of the three things um, that you need to spend money on to make your book professional. Excuse me. Um, and so this could cost you know tens of thousands of dollars if you don't know what you're doing. If you do know what you're doing, this can cost uh, you know a few hundred bucks to a few thousand bucks. Um, this is one of the ways we help people save money at Self Publishing School. Is we now um, just as of recently we we create best selling book covers and. Um, we format people's books, help them upload it. Like, so save them hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in that process. And then, um, we have editors that we recommend that save people a bunch of money, that sort of thing. But that's like, that's the mechanics. And then, you know, you can, you can publish and sell your book in ebook, audiobook, and print, which I recommend, Mm -hmm. um, publishing and selling in all three, um, to, to sell more copies. Yeah,
0: that's really cool. What I love about the self-publishing model too is it's very entrepreneurial. I mean, you can yeah, you can yeah. really treat it like the business that it is.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know, I've I've uh, this applies to creatives as well. This is Rami Vance, who runs the fiction department at self-publishing school. He's got this quote I love. He says, if you treat it like a hobby, it'll pay like a hobby. If you treat it like a business, it'll pay like a business. Uh, and I think that's so true with our creative work. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's the least creative thing to say, <laughs> right. As creatives, it's like the thing that we hate to hear. It's right. like, Oh man, I just want to create this thing. I want to be awesome. I just want people to buy it. Right. Um, and I, I relate to that, but it's the sad reality is, or, you know, sad or exciting, I guess, you know, how you look at it. Uh, but is that, uh, you know, it, it, you have to treat it like a business and you have to learn sales and marketing if you want to nice. sell more copies of your book and, uh, and, and or anything that you create. And so I think that's really, really, really important.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned sales and marketing and that's firmly tied to launching the book. And we could talk forever about what it goes into launching a book, but what are a few things people should know about getting their book out into the world instead of all the boxes in your garage?
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, well, first <laughs> off, you have to have a mindset for, for marketing um, and you've got to take marketing in the book seriously. Um, I talk about this in my new book um, and specifically um, chapter 18, page 136. I talk about this concept this, I call it the launch triangle. And so these are kind of the three essentials to a successful launch. And so Um, The three things that I think that people need to think about is a launch team, getting reviews, and then doing promotions. All right. So a launch team, this is a small group of people that support your book. It could be 15 people. It could be 50 people, right? Um, It's anyone who cares about you or the topic of your book. could be family members, friends, customers, colleagues, who cares, right? Um, Anyone that supports your book. Um, And so that group, the big thing they're going to do is leave a review on day one, right? So now all of a sudden you've got 15, 50, maybe even more reviews right out of the gate. So that's kind of two birds, one stone. So you've got launch mm-hmm. team reviews. And then the third piece is promotions. And this mm-hmm. is where, you know, chapter 18 in my new book, I call, talk about the MVP launch chapter 19. I talk about the traditional launch. Mm-hmm. That's more of like, what most people have seen when a big book launches, that's more of a traditional launch. And really, it kind of hinges on that third piece of the triangle. Is, it's, it's kind of this accordion. Is based on the time, money, and energy that you have to put towards this launch. Um, you can expand or contract um, the amount of promotions that you do um, to promote the book. Mm.
0: See, right there, a powerful way that you are already using your new book published is by referencing chapter and page numbers. That just blew my mind. <laughs>
1: well done. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. it it's, it's, it's funny. It's like when you, that's the thing about crystallizing what you know into a book, right? Is I have yeah. this as a reference whenever I'm doing interviews because mm-hmm. there's so many frameworks and content that are, that are new that yeah. I came up with as part of this book that I want to make sure that I'm using and that I'm referencing um, so that the, the content can be more bite-sized and helpful for people. And I, and and quite frankly, a lot of these were just ideas that have been, you know, we've published about 6,000 books in the last seven oh, wow. years. Wow. Um, and so there's all these new things and and actually doing the second edition of Published forced me to sit down and things that were kind of fuzzy concepts that I think I was teaching or we were teaching in a confusing way. I was able to crystallize that into an acronym like the more writing method or into right. something where it's a little bit more bite-sized, memorable and understandable. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's the beauty of, of, of doing, of writing and publishing a book. And then yeah. that's why I keep the book handy when I'm, uh, I'm on interviews like this, so that I make <laughs> sure I hit, hit the main things. that's going to be most helpful. Another thing that you just said
0: there Chandler that stuck in my mind was, you know, you, you, explained how you further crystallized an idea that maybe was fuzzy in the first edition and became clearer in the second
1: mm, and even that yeah. didn't
0: hold you back and so that's a that's something very important that I want to highlight as well is, is that sometimes an idea is going to be fuzzy and that's okay
1: because you can refine it later on. Mm, 100% I couldn't agree more. That's the beauty of self-publishing is mm-hmm. you know I self-published the first edition That book was downloaded and purchased hundreds of thousands of times, and I got a lot of feedback. We helped publish a lot of books, and then you keep learning, and then you can publish a second edition. You can go back and update the edition. like You can make that edition better. Um, There's so many ways to iterate and improve the the content and curriculum, even beyond um, the time of first publishing it.
0: Yeah. So as you got interested in books and learning how to write books, at what point did you create Self-Publishing School?
1: Yeah, so I, I it was um, so I basically I had published a couple books um, early on, and uh, and then people just kept asking about it, and mm-hmm. you know it's I was working on a business. I dropped out of school. I was working on this business at the time that was just failing, yeah. um, and meanwhile people kept asking about this thing. Right? They said, "Hey, how are you doing these books? How would you publish this book? All that stuff." And so I realized that you know it, it's um, I said, "Hey, I need to start teaching this." So started teaching it. We, we had our first cohort of students that went through the, the program. They did really well with their books. And then that really gave me the confidence um, mm-hmm. to take things to the next level. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, 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 yeah, just to build on uh, what we learned and, and what we had taught. So um, that, that's when it started. We kind of started doubling down on what we were doing. And um, then fast forward to, to today. And like I said, we published um, thousands of, of books over the last few years.
0: Amazing. So what are some of the things that self-publishing school does for aspiring writers?
1: Yeah. So I like to think of it as kind of like a, it's kind of like a year of college or a <laughs> nice. business incubator. Um, I mean, we, we guide people through the process. So we coach them and hold them accountable throughout the process to writing and publishing a great book. Um, we've got curriculum. We've got one-on-one coaching, group coaching, virtual workshops, like a bunch of different mechanisms just to help people make progress you know a lot of people they've been dreaming about this book for years but they haven't done it um and that's because they need that one two punch of a, right. a, a process to follow but then also accountability to keep going when it gets tough yeah. and so that's where really we really come in and then as of recently what we just added which has just gone over really well and people are really excited about is is uh the production and 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 publishing of the book so okay getting your best-selling book cover, formatting your book, Mm -hmm. uploading to Amazon, buying an ISBN, like all of these things we now just do for people at the very end of that process so that they can focus on writing a great book and then marketing that book.
0: Brilliant. Because I imagine a lot of people out there are like, I I don't want to learn all this stuff. I just want to write. Right. I don't want to have to be a marketer or fill in the blank.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, quite frankly, they've been asking about it for years and saying, hey, can I just pay you to do this? <laughs> um, we just <laughs> said, no, you know, we're more of an education company. But uh, we just realized that, hey, the way that we can help our authors be more successful um, is to do this for them. And so as of a month or two ago at the time of recording this, we just started rolling that out in a more meaningful way. And it's just been a massive hit.
0: Wow. That's so cool. Well, something that I'm really curious about, Chandler, is you've written a ton of books, you have several podcasts, you have multiple businesses, and you also mentioned earlier that you have ADD or ADHD. How do you prioritize your efforts in all of these different things, especially when it can be hard to focus?
1: For me, it's, it's really laser focusing. <laughs> it's, I've got to focus on one thing at a time. And so it, 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 whether that's writing a book, whether that's, you know, scaling the company. I, I think there's one thing that I do well, which is uh, focus. And mm-hmm. it stands for follow one course until successful. Um, and so just really narrowing the focus uh, and, and then staying disciplined on that focus. I mean, I've hired a great team, great people, um, but we're, we're very much systems oriented and process oriented. And so building that into the team so that, um, you know, we can serve people at the highest level and then the, I can go into my genius zone more and more uh, and focus on the things that are going to best help us grow and serve more authors and publish more books. So I think it's almost as a as a byproduct. I think it's re- a real big blessing of ADHD is you just you just fo- it forces you to focus because if I'm not focused and I'm trying to do a bajillion different things, well, it's probably not going to work. Right. And so it kind of forces me to narrow my focus and, and which is really compounded over the years.
0: So with self-publishing school, how, how do you use your own books to scale and grow that business?
1: Yeah. So I look at using a book is how do you, how you use your book to get more leads, sales, and referrals? So mm-hmm. three different buckets. Leads, these are people who hear about you because of your book. Mm-hmm. Sales, these are people who already know about you, who decide to do business with you because of your book. And then there's the referrals is how do you turn active or how do you turn customers into active referrers, right? Mm-hmm. And so with Self Publishing School, you know my first the first edition of my book published. That book has brought in millions of dollars in sales for Self Publishing School over the last few years. Um, and people buy the book, they read the book, or you know we give the book away all over the place um, because it's a silent salesman. Um, that right. brings back lead sales and referrals for the business, right? And so mm-hmm. that's one, a big part of why I published the second edition is because I said, hey, this book can be so much better and I want to just drop the mic on this topic where you know, if someone's thinking about writing and publishing a book, they need this book, right? Mm-hmm. But then I also wanted to be a little bit more intentional about how for the right people, they can go from the book to becoming a customer of self-publishing school. And so I try to be very intentional about that in the design Um, And then the content and all that of the book itself. um, So that for the right people, they can say, oh, hey, here's the next step. I'll book a call with Chandler's team. I'll sign up for self-publishing school, that sort of thing. And then everyone else, they say, oh my gosh, this is one of the best books I've ever read. And I can just use this um, with my book. And so that's the goal um, with the book. And I believe that this book will generate tens of millions of dollars in sales um, for self-publishing school um, over the next few years.
0: And anyone hearing that, you know, I think that's a, a brilliant way to then do something similar for your own business. So be sure to check out self-publishing school so you can learn how to do that as well. No doubt. <laughs> well, Chandler, as we wrap up our time together, what's one thing you want listeners to take away from our conversation?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the one thing would be that, uh, just kind of what we touched on earlier th- is that there's never going to be a perfect time, uh, to write and publish a book. You're going to have to get started before you're ready. And I was just going encourage you, if you're thinking about writing a book, um, don't wait, get started, um, dive in, start with a mind map exercise as soon as you get done listening um, to this episode and, uh, and, and dive in and, and get going on your book.
0: Awesome. Well, final question for you. What book, podcast, or
1: resource is currently blowing your mind right now? Oh, man. Um, book would be... Gosh, what's blowing my mind right now? Um, I read a lot of books. Um, I would say Extreme Revenue Growth, really great book. Um, and then besides my own podcast, the Self-Publishing School Podcast, because that's kind of like, I'm sure you've, you've noticed this, Chris. It's like mm-hmm. that podcast blows my mind because I'm interviewing smart people. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. on the regular. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but besides that, I'd say the All-In Podcast. Um, I, I, I don't really listen to podcasts that much. That's the only podcast that I listen to. Um, And it's uh, really, really good.
0: Awesome. Well, Chandler, thank you so much for being a guest on Getting Work to Work and sharing your intense passion for writing and reading books. It is much appreciated as a lifelong reader and someone who is passionate about writing as well. So thank you.
1: I appreciate that, man. And Chris, I'd love to, um, one thing I'd love to do is for anyone who's listening to this who'd like a a, a copy of my new book, um, I'd love to give... Um, some copies away for anyone who's interested. Um, so obviously you can get the book on Amazon or Audible or, you know, download the audiobook. I narrate it. Um, mm-hmm. I recommend that. But but for this audience, what I'd love to do is um, give away 50 free physical copies, um, no strings attached. So all you have to do is go to publishedbook.com forward slash Martin. Um, so that's uh, Chris Martin. This is uh, that's Chris's last name, if you don't know. <laughs> um, and so publishedbook.com forward slash Martin. The first 50 people that go to that link. Um, again, no strings attached. This is literally, I'm covering all the costs. I'll print it, pack it, ship it, everything. Hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in, in, uh, in costs that I'll cover. If you want a free copy of the book, um, you can check it out. Um, just go to publishedbook.com forward slash Martin.
0: Amazing. I appreciate the generosity. There are several things that Chandler mentioned in this episode that are really resonating with the book that I've been writing. The first one is starting before you're even ready. Like That is such a powerful statement of why we procrastinate, why we wait, why, why we wait to have the perfect life in order to write about it, but you don't really know until you sit down and start writing just how interesting your life actually is. And then the other thing that he mentioned about short-term sacrifices for long-term assets is such an interesting sentiment. It's such an interesting phrase. It's an interesting thought to wrap my mind around because no one likes to sacrifice. We want that asset in the short term. We want it to be immediately fruitful. So how can you crystallize the knowledge that you have in order to really create that long-term impact? Spend some time thinking about it. And if you're a writer, sit down and start writing. Until next time, may creativity and curiosity fuel your life.